We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, so I imagine our next guest over the last week or so as all these contracts have been coming through and almost exactly by the number have gone to his predictions. Almost every single re-sign, uh, reworking, uh, anything Bill's contract related, our next guest, Greg Tomset, literally called them almost to the number. The only variation might be a couple thousand dollars here and there. So I imagine him sort of right now just sitting on his toilet with a cigarette, smoking inside Disgusting. on the phone with us. Talk, while drinking his morning coffee, because it's 12.30, and when you're this right all the time, you can afford to have a 12.30 coffee on the crapper with a cigarette talking to me on the radio. Greg Tom said, is that, did I get, uh, did I get that right? <laughs> I, I'd love to tell you you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I can't lie. I've certainly had a nice little run here, and uh, appreciate the chance to come on with you. But yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty great when, you know, certainly some of my projections are half predictions have hopeful that they can pull off this kind of value but to hit the the cap hits and the contract for milano and, and Dara williams almost down to the dollar is, is great i mean obviously I'm, I'm proud of the fact that i did the analysis right but the fact the bills got values where the two of them are at 14 million combined for the cap hit when some places you know not no, more than a week or two ago thought that both of them could have gotten 14 million dollar contracts the fact we got the two of them combined is unbelievable Agreed there, man. I, and, you know, there's there's a lot that we can go over today. One of the things I know I, I, I kind of want to get your thoughts on overall is defensive end. Uh, you know, they, they kind of – I don't want to phrase it as they dug their grave with Mario Addison because I do think that there is still value in bringing Mario Addison back. He and Jerry Hughes are best of friends. Um, there's value on those two working together. But I would have liked to see his contract swapped out for a Carl Lawson, a Carlos Dunlop. Um, I think a, a player maybe slightly younger with more of an impact than we saw um, him have last year. But would you say that the edge position outside of maybe one more veteran, you know, two or three, maybe four million kind of guy, um, a tier three or four veteran um, outside of that? Do you, you think that's pretty much what they're looking at if they're upgrading any additional pieces on the defensive line? Yeah, I mean, obviously a lot of people had different feelings on whether it should be Quentin Jefferson or Vernon Butler, whether we should release Mario Addison to sign a different guy. Now that the deals have been done, so we released Quentin Jefferson, they got pay cuts for $2 million each from Vernon Butler and Mario Addison. Both of those were in exchange for increased guarantees. So Vernon Butler and Mario Addison are now, for all intents and purposes, roster locks for 2021. Now, it was done smartly. They didn't restructure the contract, so both can be released next year without any additional dead cap. So they maintain the flexibility, but they're not realistically roster locks, which means at the pass rush area, Jerry Hughes, Mario Addison, and A.J. Epinesa are locked in. So I do think that that defensive end four spot is a spot where they can debate a veteran guy. Our friend Eric Turner likes Terrell Basham. I like a guy from the Rams, Samson Nabucum. Um, Or now it jumps up my list on the draft because if you're keeping Mario Addison, 
that means that you're now looking for maybe you can afford one of those bendy, toolsy projects who can afford to come along a little more slowly as defensive end four, but has big upside in the future. Um, I think there are some options, but yes, yeah, sadly, I know you and I both love Carl Lawson, would have loved a stab at that end of the market. I, I have to assume that that's no longer on the table. So let's, before we get into more specifics, I. I think one of the things that I know Sal um, took a crack at trying to clarify for folks, I think there's a lot of misunderstanding of the salary cap as a whole, and just mostly because there's a lot of nuance to it. But also, Greg, I don't think we've ever seen this part of the salary cap become so revealing before. Like, we, we haven't seen in, in the volume teams looking for restructuring, um, create and adding voidable years. Those haven't been storylines for the most part because they haven't needed to be. But in a year where the salary cap and the constraints of it are are what they are, um, we are seeing the side of the business that maybe necessarily wasn't the forward-facing part of salary cap structuring and and general managers and, and how they're structuring contracts. But now we're all these guys are sort of forced to put this on, on the front burner. So it's become a little bit more transparent of the process. Talk to me why, you know, if you're a Bills fan worried about, man, I'm watching what the Saints are doing right now, and the Saints are going to be a shell of the team that they were because they literally just had to get rid of seven to ten veterans, all making a lot of money, but tell me why, you know, if you're a veteran who restructures your contract, but you see the end or the length of that contract play out, and I'm, I'm thinking of Matt Milano in this instance, right? Like, I see Matt Milano playing out the four years, and if they have to extend that to a fifth year, I still see him being around for that. So when you're talking about that compared to Janoris Jenkins, who is going to get cut two years before his UFA uh, hits, that has significant ramifications rather than if you're if you're restructuring a guy but the guy's going to see the length of his contract, you're not going to see the dead cap or the, the, the issues sort of kicking the can down the line like you would if you're going to let a guy play out the term of his contract. So talk a little bit about maybe the differences between restructuring and keeping opposed to restructuring and eventually moving on. So good examples, you brought up the Saints. The Saints are going to pay $22 million this year for Drew Brees. He's not going to play football for them. That's because they did the restructuring before, and he's now potentially going to be their biggest cap hit, not even on the team. So some examples on the bills on that side of the fence that we don't want to do. The reason you haven't seen restructures for A.J. Klein, restructures for even Mario Addison, the fact that he was a pay cut and not a restructure, they have full flexibility next year in 2022 that they can walk away with almost zero dead cap and just say, hey, we wish you all the best. Thanks for your contributions. We're going to move on. Now, guys on the other end of the spectrum, let's say Deion Dawkins or Trey White, they have large salaries for this year because they just got extensions last year. You can now kick those cans down the road, convert those salaries into bonuses, cut them a check today, and it does increase the cap hit in the future. But there's no possibility that we're going to release Deion Dawkins or Trey White. There's almost no downside to doing that other than you're playing like a credit card and borrowing some of that future cap space mm -hmm. for this year. So when people talk about, oh, man, we're in big trouble, we can't afford any other moves, Brandon Bean has a ton of tools in his tool belt he can go to if he wants to. Now, the reason he doesn't do that is we don't want to be in the spot that the Rams, or the Rams and the Falcons and the Cowboys and the Eagles and the Saints are in 
where they leveraged a ton of it and then have no options. The more restrained he can be this year, the more spending we can do in the future. But if a value presents itself where, hey, man, we didn't think we could be in on this player at X, but we want to pounce on this. Hey, Dion, can we cut you a check today for $10 million and just you help out the team? They can do that and cash that in anytime they want mm-hmm. and simply have those to go to. They're not forced to. You don't do it ahead of time just to create cap space and say, hey, let's go see what we can get with this money. But if they come across a value they can't do without, boom, they can make the move. Cover One's Greg Tom said here on the Wester Hotline, we're talking a little bit about the nuance of free agency, some of the contracts, some of the restructurings that uh, that that NFL fans across the league have been seeing over the last couple of days. But Greg, you know, I, I know one of the one the the maybe the one area you and I agree more on is just it's the fact that if Brandon Bean wants someone this year, I don't think there's anything holding him back. And and and, and the only reason I say that is I think. In years past, I think there's been players that this organization has said, like, no, we don't just want them. We need them. Um, and, and if they get to that point on any player, I don't think there's anything holding this team back from saying, hey, we, re- we need Patrick Peterson. And we're willing to do what it takes to go and get him right now, whether that means, right, you know, reducing Tyler Medikavich's salary, um, whether that means extending Jerry Hughes a year and lessening that cap hit this year, extending and maybe paying more to a Stephon Diggs. And a guy that I don't really hear talked about at all is Cole Beasley, another guy who I think has earned a little bit more money and maybe an extra year or two on his salary. So is there a player in your mind right now? And and maybe let's take tight end and Jonu Smith off because now I want to make this a little bit, I want to make it a little more difficult for you. I, is there a player out there right now that you look at your you kind of look at the spreadsheet and you say, you know, it's going to be hard to get this done, but man, this team's in a window. I think they know they're in a window and I think they can't go back this year in 2021 and say, you know, we're going to bring our own back, but we're not really going to make any splashes. Their splash intention was JJ Watt. And you know what, before I even ask you this question, I, I need to ask you this one first because I asked Thad this. If JJ Watt's a bill, is the Matt Milano contract getting done? Whew. Um, it's harder. It's certainly harder. I, I don't know that the Bills would have gone all the way to the extreme that the Cardinals did. The Cardinals kicked the can down the road five yeah, years, a lot. three voidable years, and they made his cap hit in 2021 $4.9 million. Now, Brandon Bean could have done that. That was available to him. And that if he did, we would have seen, even if it was a little bit higher, but say it was getting it down to the 7 or $8 million range, what it would have done is instead of asking Mario Addison for a pay cut, we would have released Mario Addison. So I think you could have offset that and still had the option of bringing in Matt Milano and Daryl Williams and being almost in the same spot you are now, but it would have taken one, some creative contracts that he has not done, kicking cans down the road and releasing Mario Addison. So I don't think it was a direct... Uh, either or, but it would have been a little bit tougher. I think they could have been in the same spot now. So with that said, is there a player? Um, and I, I, for me, I keep going back to cornerback two as maybe that's where this team ultimately decides, hey, listen, we're going to run back with mostly the same defensive line. How do we help that defensive line this year by if we're not going to add better players, how can we support them on the back end? To me, that is a natural thing for me to say, okay, cornerback's that. But you know, I think Thad Brown has a point. I do think they like Dane Jackson a lot. I don't know that I'm willing to say, hey, I'm going to punt on a veteran 
and I'm just going to go with Dane Jackson, and maybe we can bring Levi Wallace back, and if we can't do that, then maybe we go get a you know an EJ Gaines type. Not maybe EJ Gaines, but a, t- a player like that, right? Or maybe you say, you know what, maybe they just invest that money into a starting right guard, Gabe Jackson, um, Joe Tooney, I don't know. Like So there, there are players that do that. Is there a player for you that you say, if they're going after one tier one guy, this is my guy? So... I don't know that I expected a corner. People have tried to connect. I, I, I like the name of Patrick Peterson. I'd love the idea of that kind of elite player, you know, in his in his twilight years coming here. People have thrown out Richard Sherman. I think it's more realistically in the Jason Verrett, Xavier mm. Woods, Malcolm Butler range. I think you could bring in one of those guys that pretty likely is the starter, but you still have that nice depth. Dane Jackson, I think, gives you the option to make it a one-year deal where you can now bring him along. He's on the active roster every game. You don't need to worry about depth in that area. But you're also not simply handing him the keys and be like, hey, good luck, buddy. Hope you're cornerback too now. At the lower end, um, I do like a younger guy, like a Keller Witherspoon or someone like that who could come along with it. But I agree. I don't think we're going to see the big splash be there. I, I, you and I would both love a, a Hunter Henry or a Johnny yeah. Smith. I do think that we're more – at the value end of the scale. And I'll say this applies for cornerback and tight end. I expect us to need to be in the Dan Arnold, Jared Cook end of the pool, but we don't know how this is going to turn out. If a Zach Ertz gets released or Kyle Rudolph doesn't get the contract he thinks he's going to get, or the same for Richard Sherman or Patrick Peterson, you are going to get to a point where there's a musical chairs element at each position where teams with big spending are going to go out and sign the top-end guy. But once those three or four teams use up that big coupon that they had set aside for a top-end corner or a top-end tight end or pass rusher, there are going to be more names left than big-ticket purchases. And at that point, you're going to be saying, oh – do I want eight million from the Jets or do I want four million from the Bills? And which one's going to set me up for a better contract in 2022? And there's a non-zero chance that the Bills get a name value at a really nice price at a spot or two we're not expecting. I, I can't predict where it is because though each of the guys that we would predict deserve more money. But at some point, musical chairs is going to leave somebody without a seat, and they might come take less money for a team that will be on primetime six times, likely winning their division, likely going on a nice playoff run, and a great roster and locker room that all the players are talking about, I think there's a chance for something exciting there. Um, Without commentary, on my behalf, John Feliciano, what what, what is your uh, prediction on what happens there and maybe, uh, go beyond that. If ultimately your decision is that this team's going to walk away, um, from John Feliciano, what's your solution at right guard if it's not Feliciano? So just to paint a little bit of color, John Feliciano has spent a sizable amount of money on new representation, a new marketing agent, who have both done a nice job. He just got brought up by Michael Robinson on NFL Network as the top available value guy to go after. That's because of an agent pushing. So he wants cash. He wants to get paid. Last time he signed with the Bills at two years, $7 million, that was the best contract he ever got in his career. He's not a player who's banked a ton of generational wealth that can now afford to take a lesser contract like say a Richard Sherman or Patrick Peterson could. 
I think that when Spotrac projects him at $8 million, I think he saw that number like the rest of us did, and he wants that number. I can guarantee that number is not coming from the Buffalo Bills. Now, that doesn't mean he won't be back. That doesn't mean that there's not that same musical chairs that I talked about. Unfortunately for him, in the past week, we've seen Kevin Zeitler, Gabe Jackson, maybe Andrew Norwell, now Trey Turner, the return of Richie Incognito, all those kind of guys out there who are all, in my opinion, probably slight upgrades to John Feliciano. And I'd be surprised if any of them got $8 million. So I would love to grab any of those names. I like Kevin Zeitler a lot. I like Gabe Jackson a lot. Yeah. You know, a name like that that we could maybe bring in closer to 5 or $6 million for a cap hit. I projected Kevin Zeitler two years, $15 million. That's my top wish list. I think you can do that at a 5 or $6 million cap hit in 2021, make a sizable upgrade at right guard, and now have Mitch Morris, Kevin Zeitler, Daryl Williams, boom, your right side is done. And now all of a sudden you can afford Ike Botger versus Cody Ford versus a third-round pick to be the battle at left guard, and that's your worst spot with nice depth. All right, Greg. Well, this is going to be a really interesting next couple of days. Uh, you know, I, I I recognize that I probably have to get you on part-time staff if I bring you back next week. So just be prepared for some W-2 uh, information to come your way for next year's tax returns because I'm probably calling you back next week. Uh, when we, when I, I, we should have a full week of... Uh, rumors, uh, hopefully, uh, uh, some signings. So we'll 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 be in uh, we'll be in short touch, my friend. But appreciate you as always making time and uh, and and bringing the insight for uh, for free agency because we know it's going to be a busy next couple of days. So appreciate you, my friend, and uh, we'll talk soon. Absolutely, nobody recklessly speculates better than me. So Damn straight. Come on, to throw some numbers around. Thank Damn you. straight. It. We'll talk soon. L- sounds good, brother. Greg Thompson there of Cover One on the West. Her hot.